What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Rose 1 through 10. We're here with episode 68 with uh, Derek, as always, and Chase Rodman this week. Uh, me and Derek were up in Dover, and probably I can speak for Derek, and I can definitely say for myself, quite displeased with how everything went down up there and not being able to make it back to the race on Monday. But we're here nevertheless, and Chase is back from uh uh, awesome weekend at Bristol, so and uh, went viral a little bit this weekend. So, um, how are you guys doing? I'll let you go ahead, Chase. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm doing all right, man. Um, just kind of, you know, just uh, canceled my flight about 20 minutes after I checked in for it here for Eldora. Obviously, oh. getting rained out, so um, just trying to figure out what my next move is here, where I'm going to be flying to next for uh, Lincoln next Wednesday. So um, other than that, just hanging out and um, ready to chat with you guys for a bit here. Yeah, we appreciate you having you on, especially after a big weekend down there in Bristol. Um, we saw a couple of good races over the weekend. Um, but yeah, Travis kind of hinted at it. We'll get right to the, to the story of the weekend. Uh, Larson, had quite the interview with you there uh, after his late model feature on Friday night. So uh, you could take us through that and, and your side of the story and what you saw. Yeah. I mean, obviously I was there to um, pay report the sprint car series like I normally do, but uh, Hannah Newhouse was there doing her thing with the late model series. And I was just as a fan, you know, watching the late models and um, you know, it was the first feature of the weekend nobody really knew what to expect from the track and everything. And, um, you know, I kind of heard a little something right at the beginning that, you know, I have Rick Eshelman and Johnny Gibson in my ear and I heard Rick mention something about, you know, Larson going to the tail. Um, and I was surprised that it was that harsh of a penalty because with the sprint car series, I, I believe it's just one row, um, instead of going to the tail. So, um, I was surprised to hear that, but then I knew as soon as that happened that we were going to, you know, have a good show on our hands with him coming from the tail. I wasn't really sure how, you know, good he was going to be. Um, you know, I don't remember if he won his heat race or not, <clears throat> but um, he like didn't look like he was super, super competitive. Like he was competitive, obviously, but he didn't look like he was the guy that was going to win everything. Right. Um, so he went to the tail and like, as soon as they went green, like I was standing on the inside pit wall in the front stretch and just watching, he passed like 10 cars in like the first lap. And I was like, holy cow. Like, I know like the field that we have here is not, you know, extraordinary by any means, but there's still some good cars here. Um, you know, and then a couple laps later, he's up to like eighth place and then like third or, you know, then like fifth place. And I'm like, holy cow, I'm standing there next to my, my camera guy. And I'm like, dude, I think he's going to have a shot at this deal. And I cannot remember, I don't think there, there was a caution, um, like either at all or like late in the race. Um, but when he got to like third and I seen that he was like making up so much time and I pulled up race monitor and he was like multiple tenths faster a lap than Davenport and, um, whoever else was up there. And I was like, dude, he is going to like get there in time and make it a race. Um, and then, you know, coming to the white, like he was all over him and he kind of made a mistake a little bit coming to the white and then he got into turn one, hit the wall or whatever. And I was like, oh man, like, you know, that sucks. But like, and I, at the, immediately after that happened, I turned around and like looked at the crowd and like, dude, like the flat, the five laps before that, dude, the crowd was on their feet like the whole time. Like it was so cool to see and you could just tell they were all pumped up and cheering for him. 
Um, and then I was kind of already standing there near his pit when he pulled in and, you know, the car was pretty tangled up and I had no, I had no, like, um, I wasn't going to go over there and talk to him. Right. Like that's not my place. I'm not the late model pit reporter. I'm not going to try and steal anybody's thunder, you know, whatever that is, you know, but you know, knew how she was up, you know, from, I don't know if you guys have been there, but like three lane to where like, like there's no way she was going to make it there, make it back and get all her stuff down, done that she needed to do. Um, and then, you know, our studio kind of radioed into my camera guy and said, Hey, you know, we need to get chase over there and talk to Kyle and hear what he thought. And, I, and then they're, I was like, me, like, I'm the one talking to him. Um, okay. So here we go. Like, you know, I, I was, waiting for him to get out of his car and take his helmet off and stuff. And, you know, David Gravel came over and um, a couple other guys were kind of standing there just like, dude, that was awesome or whatever. And I walked up and I said, Hey man, they want me to talk to you. Um, you know, I know you're probably not too happy right now, but um, I just, I'm doing my, I'm just trying to do my job. He's like, Hey man, let's, let's do it. I was like, okay. And uh, we did it. Obviously you guys have seen the end result. I did. I mean, I wasn't expecting before the interview went going, you know, got going that it was going to be that, um crazy and i didn't know he was gonna say all those things and i didn't know it was gonna blow up on social media um and i didn't know the repercussions of it but uh it was great television um not the greatest deal for the late model series but uh i was just doing my job how it was supposed to be done and uh that was the end result i guess yeah, it definitely blew up, and, and I think uh, maybe he was a little bit more brash because we know you guys uh, are kind of have a history of growing up together a little bit and and growing up in California. So maybe that had a little bit to play into it that he just kind of felt like he was speaking to a friend. Uh, but yeah, this, like you said, wasn't a great look for the late model series, but nonetheless, uh, I think you just kind of have to eat one of those and just it is what it is. The rules are the rules. Uh, like I said I'm not really sure exactly what played into him getting sent to the rear, but just one of those deals. Uh, it is what it is. Yeah, and I mean, afterwards, like, you know, Dervision had put it up on Twitter, and I was surprised to see that. But then, you know, they then they took it down, and you know, Kyle texted me. He's like, "Dude, they took our interview down," <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I, I see that. I don't, I'm not sure why, but you know." Uh, and then we kind of like said a couple other things or whatever. But you know, he texted me and was like, "Hey, you know, if you see the guy that, if you see that nice." Uh, official that plays golf, let him know I'm sorry for yelling at him or whatever. And I was just like, okay, like I'll let him know. I don't even know who he was talking about at the time, but we got to figure it figured out. But um, I mean, I think you're right. I didn't even think about that, that like, you know, me and him, or I guess we're, you know, we're, we're good buddies or whatever. And um, I feel like he was talking to me like he was ju not just talking to some random person. Right. Like it's what kind of seems like now that I think about it. Yeah. I, I don't I don't want to put you in a tough place. Like if you can tread lightly here, if you, if you have to, but I mean, did you feel there was a lot of validity to his comments? Did you disagree with uh, his, his, the points he was making? Like, how'd you, how'd you feel about it in general? Well, to be honest, I mean, I wasn't like, I wasn't paying attention to what he was doing prior to the main event. Like, I don't know if he was, you know, watching the races. I don't know if he was hanging out, you know, in his trailer sitting down. I don't know if he was signing autographs. Like, I don't know how late he was, right? I, I don't know. Um, obviously, he, like you said, he is the only guy doing double duty. But then I, you know, I saw Mike Hess's tweet said that there was 35 minutes between his last race and the late model main event. Um, you know, obviously, you got to think about, like, when 
he got in trouble, whatever, whenever that was, a couple, you know, last year, whatever it was. The first series to let him back was the Outlaws. Um, and I think kind of in that moment, he kind of forgot that, you know, if it wasn't for the Outlaws, he probably wouldn't have been racing at all or nearly as much in 2020 when everything happened. So um, I think that what he said was a little rough, obviously. Um, and, uh, but, you know, in the heat of the moment, you're going to say things that you probably don't mean. So, um, yeah. I think it is good because, like, uh, Jeff Gluck on the NASCAR side had has an old uh, nickname, Blunt Larson, when he used to just be, like, really straightforward. And then kind of last year he had to be careful. And I feel like really after the year he had last year and winning that championship and getting back in the good graces of majority of people, he's really kind of opened up this year a lot more. He's been more aggressive on the track on the NASCAR side. And then in interviews, he, he you know, as a – I guess as a champion and as time has gone on, he's been uh, more outspoken than we've seen him in the last couple of years this year. It's been, you know, he had the comments about Bristol dirt on Sirius on the NASCAR side before that race. And that, uh, that made some waves. And then this one right here for sure. So it's definitely, I like, I think it's a good thing to see that, that side of, of Kyle coming back out for sure. Yeah. He, um, he definitely has some, hot takes for sure when when things are you know not something that he doesn't agree with right um and i feel like kyle bush obviously is the same way i don't i don't pay attention to the nascar side of things as much as i once did but i do see what you know his stuff what he says and some of the stuff i'm just like man dude, this guy is like he is just you know like you said blunt or he is just like doesn't care what he says like it gets a reaction um, and I think some people like that, you know, maybe not as much as as bad as what Kyle Busch does. But like, I feel like fans like to see uh, drivers speak the truth and and say what's on their mind. And, um, you know, Kyle's kind of playing into that. And I told him um, after the whole thing happened, you know, a few hours later, I was like, dude, there's got to be a T-shirt design in there somewhere of the of the wreck and the the race. Like there's got in the interview, there's got to be some kind of T-shirt design in there somewhere i don't know what it is but i'm sure they'll come up with something if they do i was thinking about that too i say you put all his cars on there and just put i got a lot of shit to do and put all the cars on there. yeah i was almost thinking like the back of it's like in that interview like he had both of his hands up and like it says like you know i'm the only one doing double duty and it's like a sprint car like there's a sprint car in one hand and a late model in the other hand or something (laughs) like i don't know what it would be but like i think there's something there that they could definitely uh make a little bit of money off of i'd say it kind of, I got like when he put his hands up like that, it gave me like, are you not entertained vibe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doing that. Well, enough of the off track stuff. Uh, let's get to talking some racing. Um, Friday night, Logan Shuhart. Oh, I guess it was kind of the Logan Shuhart show there Friday night. Uh, picked up right where he left off last year um, after a motor issue um, on the final laps uh, last year. Uh, he came out and had a perfect night, set the quick time. Uh, won his heat race, won the dash, and then ended up getting the A main win over Aaron Reitzel. So, uh, what would you? What was the vantage point for you for that race there, Chase? Um, you know, uh, obviously it was good to see Logan win. Um, I feel like he deserved it after what happened there last year, and I feel like he's just been he's been deserving one all year. You know, it's hard to say that 16 races in or whatever, and that was his first time that he's won. And you know, Jacob 
won a race before he did. It's just crazy to think, but um, it was very cool to see Logan win. Um, you know, break the tie with Bobby for all time wins list. Um, I I love when those guys win. I don't know why. I just love when that team wins because they're kind of the underdogs, and I feel like nobody else gets as excited when they win as as that entire team. Um, so it was great to talk to Logan on the podium again, the race. I mean, obviously it wasn't a barn burner, like the late model race. It was hard to follow some up like that. Um, but I feel like that's kind of what you get at Bristol. Uh, people are, you know, drivers are there to, um, I mean, most of them are there to just survive and not crash and tear anything up or tear themselves up. So there's probably about six, seven, eight guys that are there to legitimately, you know, go balls to the wall and, and try and win. The rest of them are just trying to make it through the weekend really. So. Um, yeah, it was cool to see Logan win. Yeah, I, I was going to ask, you know, you, you touch on it there. Do you, so you think that the racing is more a product of the drivers, like you say, trying to survive and not wanting to mix it up more than it is the track itself? Like, do you think it was like the track prep was good? Are there changes you think they should make with the track, assuming we do this again? Like, Well, I think the track was okay. Um, I feel like it was better last year, honestly, because – Remembering last year, like, I feel like they were able to make, like, the bottom was, like, non-existent in the main events, it seemed like, for the sprint cars. Like, everybody, like, especially the second night, like, it was just a train around the top. There was, like, two guys trying the bottom that, you know, maybe didn't want to go up there and, and risk anything. But, I mean, it was, the last night, it had its own little bit of entertainment, right? Like, it was, like, you know, there's four guys, like, bump drafting around, you know, Bristol, like, nose to tail like rico spencer kyle and and logan and like that was cool because they had that gain on each other a little bit but like it was just so hard to make a pass because you're just going so fast and like the risk to reward like i still can't believe spencer drove around kyle when he tried to slide that one time like if they would have hit each other like he probably would have flipped all the way into the infield where his trailer's at like and who knows if he would have walked out of there so um i i honestly man i, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if we didn't go back there again next year. It's just, it's, I feel like the car count showed we're pulling three backup cars down to just make a full field. Um, the drivers, most of them aren't really feeling it. Um, I mean, it's definitely a cool spectacle. There's no doubt about that, but um, I feel like the racing, the product is, you know, it, it gets hurt when, you know, drivers don't want to get hurt and I don't blame them at all. It was kind of giving me like the, like where you bring that up, the spectacle, like, uh, like Monaco F1 vibes where it's like their biggest race and it's a big spectacle. And then the racing's just kind of like, eh, yeah, really, but it's, you know, it's a big event. So they're always going to go to Monaco, but it's never going to be the best race. And that's kind of my takeaway from both of the, I rewatched both races today. And that was my real takeaway is like, this is an awesome spectacle. And I personally hope they continue doing it. And I would also love to, attend it one year but but i agree i don't think it'll ever be a marquee event like a mark like an iconic race or anything like that right yeah it's i mean it's never going to be to the level of you know the king's royal or knoxville or you know anything like that um or the, even the national open really um like i mean it's it's definitely cool to be there um i wish every track i went to had a media center dude like I mean, they keep the fridge stocked and they bring you food. And I mean, the amenities there is unbelievable for a pit reporter, you know. Um, but when we when you go to somewhere else and it's just like, you know, there ain't even anything close to that. So 
Um, it's cool to be there. Uh, I, you know, you said you personally, you know, don't mind if they go again next year. And, you know, man, I, I don't really, I, I wouldn't mind if we didn't go again, you know, um, you I think, think there's other places. Again? What's that? Do you think they'll go again? Um, it's hard to say. I think a, a lot of drivers have voiced their opinion. I don't know if you watched, uh, you know, Ryan Gustin's interview on after his heat race where he said, uh, you know, we're going too fast here. The racing sucks and, or, you know, something like to that effect or something. There was a couple other guys that said that. I know a lot of drivers were, you know, voicing their opinion to Brian Carter, the CEO of World Racing Group. And um, it's, uh, I would be surprised if we went back again. The crowd was good. Nobody got hurt. That makes me believe that potentially we do go back, but I, I haven't heard anything. I know they're putting dirt on it again. I saw that. Um, but I don't know if the outlaws will go back. I mean, maybe the late models because, you know, um, they had a good race and it's, I mean, you could still definitely get hurt. Don't come, you know, don't get me wrong there, but like, I feel like they're a whole lot safer at a place like that than a sprint car is. That, yeah. yeah that, that, that's the next thing I was going to ask is like, yeah, I guess that's kind of an obvious answer there, but do you feel like the, the late models just, cause it, it just felt like the late model drivers were willing to, you know, throw it all out there and it showed. And obviously we saw Kyle Larson making his moves. So do you think like, the late model drivers just feel safer because it's a safer car. What, what do you think the, like, it's almost a complete different mentality between the two series. It felt like. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely some drivers on the late model side of things that didn't want to be there either. You know, like I said, Ryan Gustin, for example, Um, I don't talk to them nearly as much as I do, you know, the sprint car guys, but um, I mean, and I don't, I don't know if they're safer. I, I would think they are right. I mean, uh, how many late model drivers over the last 10 years have, have, you know, been killed racing? Like I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Maybe I'm, you know, kind of oblivious. I haven't seen anything like that, but I mean, there's a lot more in sprint car racing, right? And when you're doing 140 miles an hour and yeah, you're exactly. driving around a slider, you know, just barely fitting a credit card between your two rear tires. I mean, dude, that's, it's scary. It was scary to watch. Like I'm standing there, man. I'm just, a lot of those guys out there are my friends, man. And I, don't want to see him get hurt, you know. So yeah, I think 146 in the sprint car is way too fast. Yeah, you, for sure. You saw that at the end of Saturday's race, even you know, you bring up the the drivers definitely looked out because at the end of that race, Larson had a run and uh or 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 was it based on, one of them had a run. I can't like I'm screwing it up now. And okay, and Larson said he wasn't gonna pinch based and up into the wall because of of how fast they were going but um or am i i might be wording it backwards but you remember the end of that race and then larson said that in his interview like i'm not taking any chances of right running right. him into the wall going these speeds right um yeah that's what he i think that's what he said you know he spaced and drove around him on the outside and then they had that restart or whatever and then basin really chopped his nose off going into one yeah, and I and I feel like Basin, he's going for his first win as a full time outlaw. Like he's gonna, he's a young guy. Yeah, you know, he, he, he wasn't family. lifting right there. He's gonna drive different than, you know, Brad Sweetwill in that situation. I feel like you know, so, um, yeah, I I definitely think that there's a big difference between the mentality of the late model guys and the late and the mentality of the sprint car guys for sure. Well, we, I said we already talked about it. Uh, kind of the big talking point of Saturday night's race was 
the move that Spencer Basin made on Kyle Larson going into turn one. But uh, yeah, Spencer Basin ended up picking the win, picking up the win, uh, $25,000 payday for him. And he, he was already leading the uh, rookie of the year points, but I think this kind of solidifies it for him, especially the way they've, that team has been running this year. Oh man, they've been, they've been better than I think anybody really thought they would be, man. Well, you, I mean, you obviously, called it on the podcast of, when we had you on early in the year. I did. Yeah. I mean, I know that Spencer's good. I know that team's good. Um, and like they've ever since the first race, I mean, Volusia, the first weekend, I would say, obviously it's their first weekend full time together. Um, they, they struggled, right? I mean, the first race we had was that super rough track and not really Spencer's type of thing. And he finished like 17th and then want to say he was like 16th the next night or something. But after that, dude, it's like, they have been hitting on all cylinders. It's like top tens leading laps being in contention, but they just can't get, they weren't able to catch a break. Like they were leading like three races in a row and like something they he'd hit hit the inside wall to Larry and, you know, broke a shock off. I think is what it was. And then the next night he was leading at Bakersfield and car spun out in front of him, a lap car and he wrecked into them. And, you know, he's, he wasn't having any luck on his side. And now that he is getting that luck and he is really, you know, have, he's got confidence and he's got, um, he's got momentum on his side. Uh, they are, they are very, very good right now for how early it is in the season. It's, it's pretty cool to see. While we're on the subject of rookies, by the way, uh, just cause like we haven't seen, is, is there any update on Casey, like his timetable or when he's looking to make a return? Have you heard anything? Cause he, it feels like it's kind of been radio silent there and they're not even taking that car to the track right now. Right. I heard that he was supposed to be back this weekend at Eldora. I, I, I heard that the nine car was supposed to be back. Um, they said the nine car, they didn't, whoever I was talking, I can't remember who it was, but they said the nine car is supposed to be back. They didn't say that, you know, Casey's going to be back, but I was assuming when they said that, that Casey was going to be back. So maybe we'll see him Wednesday at Lincoln next week. Um, but I, I think he's very close to returning. Well, that's definitely good to hear. I'm happy to hear that. I know a lot yeah. of if anybody listens to this, they'll be happy to hear that too. Cause yeah, it's kind of weird, you know, the, like, like I said, the, the, like the radio silence there, you know, there, it just, it feels like you would hear kind of like more updates of like where that was going. And it's just kind of like story that wasn't even really getting asked about almost. I felt like I was like, you know, where's, where's the news on this? Like, right. Right. Um, you know, I I follow Casey on Instagram and you know Twitter obviously, and I I seen that he's been traveling around and taking time with his kid and um you know just probably resting up. And he was at Bristol this weekend hanging out with the team and whatnot. And I just think in his case, man, like he's been hurt so many times already that like he needs to make sure this time he is like fully like healed up just in case something else happens or else he could be done forever. You know, so. Yep. Yeah. 100%. But uh, as, as so as far as uh, the season, uh, you know, you mentioned, I guess, not that you're surprised by Basin's results, but, you know, who else as we look at the points and the standings going forward? By the way, I've, I've had a like a running thing I've been making fun of with Derek every week about like five races into the year, them putting like the live points as they run up on the screen. Like, I thought that was kind of hilarious and dramatic but it'll definitely be very helpful as the season goes right right when you're five races in that doesn't 
mean too much, you know. Yeah. But with that being said, uh, I mean, what do you think? You know, who have you been disappointed by? And is there anybody you're expecting to go on a a big run here going forward? And do you think Brad Sweet's going to hold on to this lead? He got it early, just like he did last year. And I asked a few weeks ago, did Eric think he would give it up again? I said no, and I thought he would be able to hold it till till the end like we saw last year. But do you think uh, we're going to have a battle and guys are going to start mixing it up with him? Dude, I think it's going to be a battle. Um, Brad, they just haven't been that good this year, man. They have one win. That is the biggest surprise to me. They have one win, and I can't even remember where it was at. Like, I literally – oh, is it, it was at uh, Votto. And I don't know if you guys watched that race, but it was literally, uh, you know, a dyno session, just wide open, 30 laps. Like the track, I remember it was super cold and windy, and Mm -hmm. the track was just wide open. Like there was no passing. And that was the one race they've won all year. It was like 2 a.m. on the east when that race ended or something. Oh, yeah. Like a Monday night or Tuesday night or something. Yeah, it was super late. And yeah, it was a weeknight, but. Um, you know, I, that's my biggest surprise of the year that he's only got one win and we went through, we went to California, like that's crazy. And he hasn't been bad. I mean, he's been like, he literally up until this weekend was in the top 10 every race since the first race of Volusia. Like he missed the first race, every race after that, he was in the top 10, except for Saturday night at Bristol. I think he was 13th. So, and he's been in the top five. He's the most consistent driver. He's got the most top fives, but those, he just doesn't have the wins that I think everybody was expecting to see. And there's just something off, and I don't know what it is. There's something off with the team. They're not as fast as they were. You know, I can't even say at the end of last year because, I mean, up until Votto, it was his last win was Skagit of last year, and that's in, like, September. So uh, they just haven't – there's something going on. I don't know what it is, but I think that Carson and David are really going to catch up uh, coming up here. I mean, we go to Williams Grove, and Brad will be the first to tell you that's not his cup of tea, and that is – Carson Gravel, and David's yeah. cup of tea. That's yeah, Gravel was yeah. really good there. Yeah, and you know Carson won there last year. He's always good on the big tracks. So I think those two are really going to make it fun. Right now it's only 20 points back to Carson and maybe 30, I think, back to David. Yep, so nailed it. Yeah, they're they're super close. Um, I cannot remember who's in fourth right now. Is it Sheldon? Yep, 68 back. So he's yeah, a so stone throw away. Good. But, yeah, I said it, the summer months here, we'll really find out when people start clicking off wins. Right. Right. Once it gets in the busy part here, which is, you know, coming up, um, that's when we'll really start to see who's who's shining and who's not. Um, you know, what's that? I was going to ask, man, like on that subject, what's been going on with Donnie? Like they seemed like they were going to be like a player at the start of the year. I mean, they were fast. Uh, he won early and then they've just kind of fallen off the reservation. Uh, I, like what's been what's been up with that team? Yeah, um, I I don't think it's the team, man. I just think that Donnie's got a lot going on behind the scenes right now, man, um, with, with family stuff. Mm. Um, and I think that's kind of taken a toll on what's going on with him. And um, it's hard for him to focus right now. Uh, I just know from what, you know, I've been told that, you know, one of his family members is not doing too well right now. And uh, it's it's tough, man, like – I'm kind of going through something right now with somebody close to me that is not, it's not working out too well. And it's hard to focus on things when you have that going on, you know? So um, I think that's kind of the problem. And also I've, I think that their qualifying has been an issue. I want to say, 
I heard the other day or today or something that they're they're like the fifth worst qualifier on the tour right now. I think the 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 people that are worse than them is Zierfoss, Bill Rose, Noah Gass, and Jason Sides. And then right in front of them is Donnie Schatz as the worst qualifier so far this year. So qualifying obviously leads to, you know, good start in the heat and a good, good start in the heat leads to a good finish in the heat and leads to a good starting spot in the main event. When you can't qualify good, that's, that's going to really affect your entire night. For sure. Well, we know uh, this weekend got rained out. Uh, let's let's race to at Eldora. They're uh, canceling those because of already saturated grounds and more rain on the way this weekend. Um, so the next event, we head to PA. We got a Wednesday show at Lincoln, and then a double or two a weekend show at Williams Grove. So, what what do you think about those there, Chase? Dude, I'm pumped to get back to Lincoln. Um, that race last year was so badass. Like the track was perfect. Um, the race was, I kind of want to go back and watch it again after we're done here. Cause I just want to remind myself how good it was, but that place has been, I've been watching some weekly shows and they've been nailing the track every single week. It seems like, and we always get a good car count there. They have a great local scene as far as, you know, full-time guys that run there every single race um i'm pumped to get back to lincoln uh cool atmosphere too everybody's down on the infield kind of like the grove so uh yeah fun i'm excited to get back to lincoln and then williams grove you know uh you know it's not the greatest racing on the planet but i think it's a place that we could see you know a first time outlaw winner or an upset winner or you know a posse guy get it done and that's what kind of excites me about that one um because I, I don't think the outlaws besides like maybe Macedo and gravel are like super, super good there. So it kind of opens the door for kind of anybody to win there. What, um, what do you think about the tires going forward this season? How do you see that affecting, uh, as we roll forward in the next few months on the tour, like our buddy Putty who's usually with us, wasn't able to come on tonight, but he's like very, very concerned about the tire deal. And I like, should we as fans be panicked or like, do you think there, you know, there's a solution coming? What do you think about that whole situation? Man, I, I, I don't really know, to be honest. I think that the, what's going to hurt the most is probably going to be the local scene. Um, I think that they're, you know, Hoosier obviously is a big, huge supporter of the outlaws, the all-stars, um, you know, other big series like that. And I think that they're going to try and, you know, if it gets really bad, they're going to try and uh, make sure that the big series, the big players have tires um, and that might hurt the local scene. I just haven't heard enough about it to know how bad it really is. Like I see some stories every now and again, and I see Brent Marks and David Gravel and these guys kind of crossing out the Hoosier thing on their uh, wings and stuff. And um, I just I don't know enough about it to comment on it you know, and, and feel confident about what I'm saying, to be honest with you guys. So, um, I hope it, I hope it gets better. Um, I know where my second job at QRC carts, I know that it's, it's hard for us to get tires, not even from Hoosier, but a different tire manufacturer. So, uh, for go-kart tires even. So, um, tires all around, man, they're just in bad shape right now. And I wish I could, I wish I had more, you know, insider info, but I really don't. Gotcha. That's interesting. But yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on it throughout the summer months and hopefully the supply chain issues uh, get, get fixed here. Right. Well, 
I guess we don't have any picks to make this weekend, unfortunately. <laughs> so we're not going to get to do uh, that part. But before we get out of here, too, I didn't know if you were able – I know you're not a like a huge follower of the series, but I was just curious if, if you caught any of the Bristol dirt race on the NASCAR side this year and what you think about, you know, as a dirt guy, NASCAR on the dirt is something you – think they should keep doing like if you saw that race did you think it was good were you impressed with it what what do you think about all that if if anything yeah no I actually did watch that one um all the way through I watched the full like pretty much the whole thing um I did I was also very uh in you know uh interested in it because I did like three DraftKings lineups on it you know hopefully that hoping that my uh, dirt expertise would kick in and I could win like 100 grand but it didn't um but I thought them moving the race to nighttime, dude, was just a huge, huge help. Like, the track was actually super good, um, like a dirt track should be, right? It was, you know, the bottom didn't seem like it was super relevant. But, like, you could still, like, I saw a couple guys, like, Briscoe, I want to say, was, like, rolling the bottom and, like, catching up. But, like, he was one of the few guys that could do it. Um, and the only thing I will say, and it's not, you know, NASCAR's fault or Bristol's fault, like, Dude, the, the rainouts just like kind of killed the momentum. The rain or not the rainouts, but like the rain delays like yeah. killed that momentum that they were building. And it sucked for maybe a fan that didn't really know much about dirt racing that they had to keep stopping and then starting. Um, you know, I, I thought that kind of sucked. And in the beginning kind of sucked when they everybody's mud or everybody's grills got plugged up with mud. That kind of made it look like a joke. But after that, man, like the race was good. Like I thought they did a phenomenal job. I, I was entertained. Obviously, the finish was um, as entertaining as it gets. And I hope they do it again. I don't know if it's at Bristol again. I don't know if they do it at Eldora or Knoxville or Port Royal, I think would be awesome if they did a NASCAR race there. What, um, North Wilkesboro? I guess North Wilkesboro, from what I've been told, put dirt on it. I don't know if that's an option, but um, I think they need to keep doing it, man. It keeps drivers on their toes. And obviously, the ratings came in, and, and people were uh, very intrigued by it. So they had a lot of viewers, and I think that shows you that people are interested in that kind of thing. For sure. For sure. All right, man. Well, we will let you get out of here. Uh, I'm going to try to make the trip up to Williams Grove, so I will don't come give you a holler if I make it up there. Um, we really appreciate you coming on with us. It's been fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. Anytime, guys. Uh, hopefully we'll see you there. If you, if you see me, stop me and, you know, shake my hand. I want to meet you guys in person. So I, meet, I met Travis, I think, at Volusia. Um, yep. Yeah, so Derek will, you know, if you find me down there, let me know, and uh, we can chat a little bit. I believe the other Derek uh, Putty should probably – I imagine he'll be there too, so you can uh, meet the, the whole trifecta. Wow, there we go. We're going to be <laughs> – we're going to be buddy-buddy uh, with everybody on the podcast here. That's right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you have a good weekend. Enjoy the off weekend. We know you don't get many of them. One of the hardest-working guys in motorsports, so – uh, enjoy the free time, and we will catch up with you later. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. See ya. Thanks. See you, man. All right. Well, we thank Chase for joining us. We'll just keep it rolling here. And uh, I, I texted you earlier and I about one thing, and I, I don't know. Like, after this weekend and being in Dover, I don't, like, I'm in a pretty pissy mood about all that, honestly, and how everything went down there. So, I got – a couple rants that I'm probably going to go on today. Well, so. it's already nine o'clock, so we'll keep it somewhat short. If you get yeah. going too much, I'll tell you, you got to zip it up. Yeah. I mean, well, like, so 
first thing I'll get to, and it's something I say every year, and I like I, I don't get too in the weeds, like you say, but the the NASCAR Hall of Fame class was elected today. So first off, Mike Helton, Matt Kenseth, Herschel McGriff, and Kirk Shelmerdine. Congrats! Like nothing I'm about to rant about is to like discredit those guys or say all of those guys aren't well worthy Hall of Famers. So. Like, nothing's discrediting that. But with that being said, I just the, – the the voting process makes no sense to me. And, like, the number one thing right now for years is, like, get Mike Stefanik in. He got in finally, uh, well-deserved. And I was – I banged that drum for a long time. And now I, I think the biggest snub is, is Larry Phillips every year. And it – it, it poses the bigger question, like, and why I think they need to revamp this format. We're like, how do, how do you compare the contributions of a guy like Larry Phillips, who's like a local touring legend? Like, legend has it he's won over 2,000 races. Like, all the accomplishment he's had in the local ranks. Like, I like Red Farmer, who just got in too. And then how do you compare that to, like, an owner, a crew chief, a cup driver? A, a truck series, Xfinity, like an engineer. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I just think they need to divide these people up into different categories. And even like, say like one year, do like a cup driver, a local guy, an owner. And then the next year do like an Xfinity or truck driver and a crew chief. And like what, I just feel like you need to divide these people into different categories. Cause I just, it's impossible to, to stack this, these guys up. And then, that's how you end up with a guy like Larry Phillips, who, like, by all intents and purposes, is one of the greatest NASCAR drivers of all time. And, like, we're here scratching our heads every single year. Why is this guy not in? Sam Ard's another one. Xfinity Series legend. Just sits on that ballot every year. Never gets in. Well, so. I think you just got to give it time. I mean, you think the Hall of Fame is only 11 years old. So, and, and they changed the format. They realized – that they couldn't keep doing it if they are going to keep doing, what, five a year or six, however many it was the first couple of years. So they changed the format up, and and it, what is it, two from the modern and one pioneer now or something? What is the format? Yeah, two two modern, one pioneer, and then landmark award. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, I said it. I think you just got to give it time. I mean, you also got to look at it and keep the relevance of, like, say, when they do get these guys inducted, you got to make it a, an event. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have some of these guys still there. Like, Matt Kinsos will be a good draw for that event. Yeah. Mike will be a good draw for that event. Um, I mean, I said, I, I honestly don't know the name Larry Phillips. I, I couldn't tell you much about the guy. I don't know if he's even still alive. So, ho- hopefully, like I said, I, I, I don't know if that's going to be a big draw. So, I think it's just one of those things where you got to give it time. I mean, you think this year you had two, two living – guys get inducted and one non-living um uh, yeah it's just one of those things i mean i like the i like the whole process it's like a panel of people that work in the industry whether it's media uh past champions or what i there's like a whole room of people that vote on it so uh i i i can't knock on it too much if you ask me yeah, like I, I agree, and like everybody. I said, there's always going to be somebody that gets snubbed, and and one thing I don't like about I think it's baseball, like where you get actually 
like there's a time lapse of where you can't get in at all. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Well, so, that's why I think here on for 10 years, you move to the pioneer ballot. Like right. That. So you always still be there. And I said, it's just, it's just one of those things is you got to give it time. I mean, I don't know exactly how old other hall of fans are, but they're way older than 10 years. You know what I mean? By the way, I just want to give uh, uh, Larry Phillips stat because you said you didn't know much about him. Yeah, um, give me a little rundown but, about the guy. I honestly but, don't know. Yeah, so he died in 2004, unfortunately, but he had over 40-year racing career. Um, and I'm just looking at the stat right here. Eleven. So he won his first uh, – so basically what we know now is like the Advanced Auto Parts Touring Series. Right, so he was like basically uh, like – Peyton Sellers or or uh, Philip Morris, who's like a legend yeah. in the in the series. Who, so there's another this, guy that needs will be in the Hall of Fame eventually. It's just like one of those things that you got to give it time. Uh, so there is a span. And, 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 go ahead. I was saying there's a span of 11 years. He won 220 of 289 NASCAR sanctioned starts, a 76 percent clip. And he won 13 track championships that spanned across three states at that time. Yeah, it's pretty incredible stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's a knock on these guys. It's just one of those things you, you can't vote everybody. And what I, I would say is you probably could have left it at the five because there's so many people with all these accomplishments. I just think we need to break it down into more groups because, like, I, I still like how and, do you and maybe that's Larry Phillips? They, they, do, they do later. Yeah. But it's just like, how do you compare Larry Phillips to an engineer? Or, like, right. how do you compare Kirk Shelmerdine to, like, uh, Jack Roush? Like, or, like, I think Jack Roush is already in, but just, like, throwing out a name. Like, how do you compare those? Like, every job is so important yet so different. It's like Kirk Shelmerdine probably should have been a Hall of Famer a long time ago. But how do you compare Kirk Shelmerdine? Like, and then you have these guys sitting on the ballot, too. Like, they, I agree that. The five isn't enough is kind of dumb to me because, like, you're always going to have guys going out. It's like, let's say this year Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex Jr. retire. Well, those guys are both first ballot Hall of Famers in three years, so they're going to block out Larry Phillips and Harry Gant, you know, and guys like that who have been on the ballot for a while. Well, you can forget about them getting in that year because Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex Jr. would go first ballot, obviously. So Yeah, it's just one of those things I think you got to keep – Keep it fresh and make that that event in January like kind of spectacle. So I don't know. It's one of those things. It'll happen. All of these guys are more than more than deserving. Uh, that's not the debate. The more the debate is just how how can we get them in sooner? But yeah, you can't you can't let everybody in. Yeah, like I said, you know, I I my my main thing is just divide these people in, into more groups. Yeah, maybe that's something they can look at. I mean. I don't know exactly how you could do it, but there's definitely a way. Like, you could have, like, a grassroots kind of category. Um, maybe just, like, a like a, like a touring series category, which is, like, top three series, essentially, I, of I drivers. Think, and then you could have a crew chief category. I think cup oh, series driver should be, like, its own category. Because that's obviously, like, the more. No, I mean, I don't know. Because everybody's just in the Hall of Fame. Like, I don't – they don't need to subcategorize the Hall of Fame. You're just in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I just mean as far as the subcategorize for the voting purposes. Like – Yeah. I don't that'd be my vote. So, yeah, like you say, you don't want to 
spend all, all day talking about this. Also, shout out, by the way, it's like a, a bunch of the serious guys were at the voting thing today. And like, I think Brad Gilly was on air for like eight hours because he was like one of the only one who wasn't there. So he did Moody's show. He did the show after Moody's show. Like, dude was just doing it all for serious today. So shout out to Brad Gilly. But um, moving there? forward, what do you say? I, I am back. Sorry about that. Nah, yeah. I was saying, I don't know if you heard that, but yeah, Brad Gilly's on air for like eight hours because all the other serious guys were voting for the Hall of Fame stuff today. So Brad Gilly was just hosting everything. So. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. He does. Oh, what job. else you got? That's enough Hall of Fame talk for now. Yeah. Dover. Um, That'll be my other rant, and then we can kind of get into the racing. And then we well, can get yeah, into- we'll just kind of go in chronological order of Dover. Uh, and then, I mean, I, I guess your rant will just come in when it comes in. But, yeah, so we both, I guess, what headed up there Saturday, kind of got there about the same time-ish. Yeah, um, just out parked in pretty much the same place. That were kind of funny how that worked out. Did we? Uh, yeah, yeah, we parked in, like, the same parking lot on Saturday, didn't we? Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't know how close we were to each other, but yeah, yeah pretty- nonetheless, we uh, parked the same lot, and I ended up having hot passes, which was a really good time. Shout out to Scott and the BMS team for that. Um, so, yeah, I put all sorts of content out there, I guess, on either Twitter or, or Instagram story. So, hopefully, you guys have to see that. I was going to tell you to make an Instagram post, by the way. I forgot to text you that now that we're on the topic, but. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely put something out there with it. Uh, but, yeah, I, I know this, the race Saturday from my vantage point, it was kind of tough to see. Uh, definitely in the pits there, it's hard to see the racetrack. Um, can't get hardly a very good vantage point um, to see all the way around. But from what I did see, it was a really good race. Uh, you had the JRM cars. They were lights out, rocket ships. Uh, what what'd you think Saturday? Yeah, it was a really good race. Like you said, the, the JRM cars were super fast. I mean, you could see that from the green flag. I remember we had the our radio set up where we could talk to each other. And I remember, like, within the first 10 laps, I was telling you guys, like, seven cars going to win this race, in which he didn't finish second. But, it, what, by what, the way, I said I called that. Do I get – I picked both. I picked Xfinity and Cup winners. I had Barry and Chase. There you go. Solid so, weekend. Yeah, that was a good weekend of picks. Uh, before I forget to mention, who that. did I pick on Cup? Do you remember? You picked Harvick, uh, I think. Harvick, yeah, that's who it was. Harvick yeah, and I don't even remember where Harvick ran. To be honest, I think he finished like tenth. I think it was pretty good. Uh, but, either way, yeah, solid weekend of picks for you. Uh, but yeah, it was funny. I think you you came across the radio and because you were like, "Oh, the seven car is gonna win." I was like, "That, that eight looked pretty sporting at the end of the stage." And uh, sure enough, old Josh Berry got, went up there and, and got the win. But I think you came back on the radio and were like, are you trying to steal my pick? <laughs> well, that I was that that battle between Barry and Allgaier in stage two, like that was definitely a situation. I was disappointed to see that stage caution come out because, I mean, they, they were neck and neck going at it. That was a great battle between those two and then, like, the stage caution. Yeah, but uh, you, uh, you talk about – you hate the stage caution to come out. I mean, but maybe that battle isn't as good if the stage caution isn't coming out, you know? Yeah, they're a little more conservative. Right. You're just kind of riding, and hopefully that guy burns up his stuff more quicker than you. So, 
I think the stage kind of played into that battle a little bit, but nonetheless, yeah, it was a hell of a battle between those two, and that kind of set us up for the end of the race there. Yeah, uh, uh, Daniel Hemrick was slowly working his way through the field and then had a great pit stop and got up to P2, and he was trying to hold his own on that restart. And He didn't have the car, but he did a, a damn good job trying to hold it as, as tough as he could, and then uh, – the night Greg's in, ended up finishing third and he seemed like he was struggling most of the day and was behind Almondinger for the dash for cash most of the day. And he ended up getting, they had that little battle for the hundred thousand dollars. I don't even think they showed it on TV or anything, but they were battling the hell out of each other for a few laps. And that was for the dash, for cash. but it was while the, the race for the lead was going on and everything, but that was a good battle. And Noah did a good job working his way up. And then, the, the other car ended up finishing fifth is Sam Mayer, and Sam Mayer could have very well won the race in his own right if he didn't have a, a wheel. What, he had a wheel come off and then a speeding penalty as well, correct? Uh, I know definitely the speeding penalty. Um, yeah, and you're right, the wheel fell off early in the race. You're right. So it's definitely a really trying day. And, I mean, shoot, think about it. They, they came back to finish fifth, man. If they didn't have those issues, they could have definitely been in contention. They had a fast car. He was leading laps in stage one. Did he yeah. win? Did he win stage one? Uh, yeah, yeah. And then he came down and pitted, and that's yeah. when he had a loose wheel. You're right. You're exactly right. Two straight days, we had the winner of stage one. Or come down, straight. yeah, yeah. And Lose man, a wheel. That's kind of that's funny. I didn't even think about that. But no, you mentioned that pit stop by the eleven boys uh, and Daniel Hemrick. Um, but I, it's funny you said that. I walked down to the end of pit road. They were pitting in like the first very pit box one there at the very entrance of pit road and that late caution came out and they them boys were hyped up you could see it they were like doing the like the eating like eating out of a bowl kind of motion like we're about to eat kind of thing and like the Ezekiel Elliott thing like yeah yeah like we about to eat so yeah I, I they were doing that like the entire crew was hyped up and I was like oh these boys about to rip a stop real quick and I, I called it on the radio. I was like, watch, these the 11 boys are – I'm down here. They're hyped up right now. And sure enough, I think he came off pit road second or first? Second. Okay, I thought second. Yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't – I had a hard time seeing the uh, scoring pylon where I was at from that – after that stop. But I'll have to post that video. Uh, I wish I – wish I, I just thought about it as those boys stopped uh, get, like getting ready for the stop uh, before I stopped, started recording. So, well, what we'll – to tweet that video i don't know if i posted that one or not but yeah i thought that was pretty cool to see those boys rip a stop like that but yeah they just didn't have the car he fell back hard on that restart um but yeah that's a set up the finish seems like colleague hasn't had the cars period this year but which is interesting because almondinger's actually has like a really good he's like has like a 50 point point lead right now but i mean he's just been there but hasn't really other than the road course, hasn't been in contention to win. So, but I mean, like Castle and Hemrick have both, and and Almondinger to a point have seemed like they. Colleague has not really had the cars this year, so it'd be interesting to. I don't know, maybe going to Cup, two full time cars like they're just kind of stretched thin in the shop right now. That was the theory I was thinking, but. Yeah, it's hard to say, but they're I feel like definitely a step behind the JRM cars. Uh, JRM is just on another planet right now. They're lights out. I look for them to be strong again this weekend at the Arlington. Uh, but yeah, Josh Berry got in the win, gets the win. 
solid for you for calling that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really have much else from Saturday. Yeah, just a good Xfinity race. Great weather. Great weather. Great weather. Keep that in mind. But uh, unfortunately, but yeah, no. Other than that, it. I mean, that was our highlight of the weekend, pretty much, because there wasn't shit else to get excited well, about. We did, we did take the green flag on Sunday, so I was excited about that. I got excited yeah. then, but. Yeah, Sunday uh, wasn't wasn't the best. All right. Um, well, and if you if you think about it though, like early in the morning Saturday, it looked like it was going to be a complete washout for the day. Like we weren't even going to see any racing. So to wake up Sunday and the forecast had kind of pushed back a little bit, I was kind of a little bit hopeful that like, we might get some racing in, and we did. So I was like, at least grateful for that. Especially I brought a a buddy that had never been to a race before. So I'm glad he at least got to see some cars on track, but yeah, it sucks. I mean, it started the race at three o'clock and that's the thing is what you, you somebody in a group mentioned, I think it was you like we quietly get rid of the move it up at one hour, 24 hours before the race. And I knew that was the rule, but it's like, look, we knew Saturday morning at 10 30 when we got there that it was going to rain. They, okay, so this is, like, where some of my, my rants can start. But, like, they the, they used to if, – if there was any rain in the forecast, they're bumping that time up an hour. That used to be the standard. Like, we went to Bristol the one year, and they bumped it up. Like, I remember we were at the bowling alley, and, like, we, we found out they bumped it up. And I don't even think that was 24 hours in advance. I, I think they changed it to 24 hours after that maybe. But I remember we were literally at the bowling alley and saw they bumped the start time up an hour because they knew rain was in. And that used to be just be – if they knew rain was in the forecast, they're bumping that start time up. That used to be the standard. I don't know when the last time they've done that for a, a race is. It's, it's it's stupid. If they were able to bump that start time up an hour there, we pro- we probably could have gotten an official race in. Yeah, I mean, I said it still sucks for the fans that spent the money. Uh, you want to still see the full distance of a race. Um, that's, I, th- I think those, are- but I mean, also uh, of the days uh, of a rainout policy, I mean, you, you used to just have to eat that ticket, you know what I mean? So thank thankful for that. And we're, we could use our tickets towards the 600 in a few weeks, but either way, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd rather see a 200 lap race or, or just get rained out on Sunday. Okay. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's still tough. I'd still be disappointed. Like, man, it's not a, you know what I mean? Just like in the driver, if it's not your first win, that driver is not going to be like, oh, that's, you know what I mean? They're going to think, oh, it's kind of a fluke win, you know? Uh, I, I I mean, you you I, take the win for sure, but it, like, I, I just, I think you don't back celebrate to- it like you, you do it if you earn it. I think back to Clint Boyer doing burnouts in the rain in Michigan that year. That race got rain short, short, and I don't think he. Uh, I don't think he cared. But no, I said that you still take the win. And you get excited about the win, but you don't get more near as excited as when you earn it. I like you did at Martinsville. Probably feel that way. To be honest, I got to disagree with you there. I don't know. So either way, I think I would be disappointed that I didn't get to see a full race on Sunday. Going home, not seeing a full race. Wait, yeah, no, wait, I, I said you, you, you want to at least see a checker flag, but I don't know. Yeah, but uh, so, so there's that, and then we're talking about Dover in general. Dover is just like, 
I, after that, like, I grew up going there, and now after that this past weekend, like, and comparing it to, like, Bristol and then Talladega as, like, a facility and, the like, the way those places are run, like, I have n- no desire to go back to Dover. Well, it's under new management now, so. So, so like, yeah, maybe they'll improve these things, but, like, first off, in the year of our Lord, 2022, there's no excuse for that place to not have lights, especially like we have all these debates about the tracks and the like the purse cuts they get where they get like 60 percent of the purse, like including the the TV money and all from the race. So like there's no excuse for the tracks to not be utilizing that money and having lights. Why? Like and then so, so I mean, that's the start. The start time is a whole nother thing. Like we don't, I don't I'm not even going to harp on the start times that's stupid and i think everybody agrees with that but it's like a tv money thing so it's like it's above all of our heads and that's tv's thing so like there's nothing we're gonna do to change that but as far as the not having lights it, there's no reason for it because that race well one you think about hour- it, dover was owned by a family family before this but i mean even mark like like the the track the people at the track like went on the radio and said and said they still don't plan on putting lights there. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, like I said I don't know who is running the thing, but that's Marcus that's Smith. A, he's not the one running the day to day operations at Dover Motor Speedway. But I said Marcus Smith went on the radio and said they're not putting lights there. Well, right, I, like I said it's probably unfeasible to do that. I mean, that's a lot of money to invest. Unfe unfeasible. I'm not saying it's not doable. I'm saying it's not in their budget to do that. I, I, I don't. We talked about that this is the best crowd we've seen at Dover in how many years? A long time. A long, long time. They just got bought out by a multi-billion dollar company. Well, like I said, I don't think SMI wants to drop lights into Dover. I don't think that they're losing their ass on this weekend enough to, to invest in lights. But SMI wants to spend all this money to dump dirt onto Bristol. Like, so they obviously don't mind spending money if it's for the right purpose. Like, Right. I mean, I can assure you that it's going to cost probably 10 times more to build lights at Dover than it would to put dirt I mean, on Bristol. They spent all the money they spent. I, said, I just don't see where you where the investment's not there. You know what I mean? You're not going to recoup they, that What money. they spent to turn the L.A. Coliseum into a football stadium. I said, I, I just don't see where they're going to recoup that money, bud. Like, that's a lot of money. It's just, I said, this is not feasible to them. Yeah. I mean, I. I, I said, they're not losing their ass on this weekend. It sucks for the fans, but here's our ticket policy. Now go to another race. Uh, I mean, the fans don't. That's that's where they they lose their ass. So, I mean, we'll see. Like, I imagine I'm not the only person who's pissed. I imagine there's plenty of other people who feel the same way. I, so, I plan on going back. Yeah, this is another Dover. Another thing in the year of our Lord, 2020. There should be nowhere you go that like is cash only, other than a strip club. Like the fact, so you get there's no sign saying you had to pay to park, or that it's card only, or it's cash only, or any of that. Until you get up to the gate, and that's after sitting in like 40 minutes of traffic, and there's this like little cardboard ten dollars sign. It doesn't say cash only or anything. 
you get up there and they're, ah, oh, it's cash only. And this is five lanes of traffic bottling into one area. And there he goes. So I, I had four $1 bills. My mom had a $5 bill and we found some change in the glove box. And luckily we came up with $10. Or I don't know what that, I guess we would have been turning back out of five lanes of traffic and heading back out to Delaware. But so the fact you're, you're charging to park, you're bottling traffic and it's a mile long back up down the road. And then you have nothing that this is cash only. We don't accept card or that you need to even that you need to pay to park till right when you get up there. And like, why can't we roll this into the ticket fee? Like just add a $10 parking fee to the ticket if it's that much. And like, did they think about what like Dover people own Nashville? And I know it's not the same people running the track, but remember the disaster in Nashville last year where they just stopped taking people's money because they had the whole city shut down practically from race traffic. Yeah, I don't know what to say. You, so, can, complain to them, bud. Oh, I, I did. Any, they sent out the voice of the fan survey, and I did. So, like, yeah. I didn't have any issues, so. I yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I mean. Bad I day at the racetrack. Yeah. I mean. I mean, I don't see, I don't understand how that, like, you, you can defend that, but, like. I, I don't know. I just, I prepared to have cash or card. I don't know. I mean, it's 2022. Like, it's, like I said, like, the, the, nothing besides strip club should be cash only. Like, I don't you, know, but, I mean, they have, they have options to pay for parking in the thing. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I said, I brought cash, prepared to pay cash. I was like, fine, cool. That's cool. I, I should have, yeah, but I mean, like I said, people, it's it's 2022, especially in the post-COVID world. Like, people don't, like, nothing takes, like, you go inside, you can't even use cash to buy concessions, but then you have to use cash to park? <laughs> like, I don't know. So, I don't know that's, you, bud. yeah, um, I mean, yeah, Dover's great, I guess, but. Um, I, I had a good time, I mean, I said, other than it rained out. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess I'm wrong. Then. But <laughs> either way. I'm just telling you that I had a good time. You sounds like you had a terrible weekend. Except I, I had a good Saturday. I had a terrible Sunday. Yeah, I wasted a lot of money and a lot of time to go there and be pretty pissed off. Like, a great fan zone, and they had a great Jimmy Allen concert on Sunday. I'll give them that. And then other, Oh, and then they had security. It's so like the security. Like, we were waiting in the bathroom. Get it all out, bud. Get it all out. Yeah. So we were waiting in the bathroom. Like during the rain delay and security, like, and this is before NASCAR officially called the race. Is it probably going to get called? Yeah. Security comes like screaming at us to leave and go, like, quote, leave. And NASCAR hadn't even fit. NASCAR didn't officially call the race till 30 minutes after they forced us to leave. Like, I saw this big ass dude, like, literally, like, screaming at this guy, like, go home, get out, we're, cl- we're shutting down. And NASCAR hadn't even officially called the race yet. Like, who are these people? I said, tell Dover. <laughs> oh, I did, I did. Like I said, they sent Good out job. the survey. So. All right, we're going to talk about some racing now? Yeah, we can. I mean, I, I, obviously, right, get it. we're a fan podcast, so that's a fan experience that I feel like needs to be documented. Yeah, you got it. So... What'd you think of the race on Monday? Uh, it was it was a good race. Best while I mean it's good 
the next gen car is obviously great and it's good to see cars busting their ass at dover again and it was obviously a handful for the drivers all weekend i mean we saw cars wrecking in practice and shit so yeah it's a good race yeah i mean we have cars first minute of practice going out and backing it into the wall so it's definitely fun to see guys having to to work the cars and and have their hands full um yeah i think this race definitely kind of saved over uh i mean they had a great attendance i think that everybody knew that this car would race really well there uh and that really paid off from at least the racing i got to see on monday i was in class but i had the phone on and at least keeping an eye on it so yeah it was a solid race uh you had chase elliott pretty dominant i felt like all day um Ross Chastain was I don't think he, he was dominant all day. I wouldn't say well, that. Top three, I feel like, all day. This was going to be – Kyle Bush, was, well, yeah, Kyle Busch was going to win the race, but – If Allmendinger – It was right there. Oh. Yeah. I, I Also, I mean, you, you want to pit early because the tires were falling off a lot, and we knew we had some cording issues. Um, but I thought it was definitely a little bit early for the leader to pit there. I don't know. I guess you you got you got to be the first guy to pit, or you're gonna lose the race anyway. So, anyway, Cowboys rally back to seventh, something like that. Yeah. So solid day for the 18 boys. Um, but yeah, we know Chase Elliott got the win. What else you got to line up the rundown? I mean. No, oh, I can. Yeah, I can get it. I mean, Ross Chastain was really fast and led a lot he of laps. Yeah, uh, you had the Chastain and Truex incident. I, I feel I, I like Ross Chastain, and I like I say that all the time, but I feel like this was another incident of like, like I mean, he drove Truex up and like blocked yeah. the shit out of him racing. We, we can have a debate about that. I mean, I said Ross just kind of held his position there. I didn't he think... blocked the shit out of him. I don't know. Yeah, what... I mean, they're racing for position, right? Everybody said Truex tried to wreck him and wrecked himself, and that's not what happened at all. That's what I saw. I mean, Ross Chastain came up and blocked the outside lane, and Truex. Chastain even admitted it himself after the race. Like, that is. Yeah, he was trying to block him. I mean, it was for position. I don't know what else you want the guy to do, just roll over. No, I mean, but just like, like, race him clean for fourth place. They never made contact. They never made contact. They were literally going to a Truex didn't get out of the gas. Like well, that, that's that's his line. You know what I'm saying? That's his right. He was Watch driving him. him right up into the wall. I'm not like, saying it's right, but it wasn't wrong. I mean, he wasn't wrong for blocking the guy. Now, now was it an asshole move? And would but I it was more than just a yeah. block. Like his intention was to stop him in the fence. If Truex like like he was going to, he stop was him. never there. You say Truex was never there? Never to his outside, no. Yeah, because he got out of the gas. Cause... I mean, I said, I, I, I saw nothing wrong with it. It's fine. You can race hard, but like. I said, I think, yeah, Truex is going to be mad, but he's probably more mad at himself than anything because he just wrecked when he was going to finish fourth. I mean, either. Like. But, he spun uh, from the block. He didn't, like, people are saying, like, oh, he wrecked himself. He spun from the block. Like, he spun from, like, avoiding Chastain after that block. Like, he was not trying to wreck Chastain. I don't know where people were 
saying that. Like, he was not trying to wreck Chastain. Like, Martin was not trying to wreck him. That's not how Martin Truex races. If Martin wanted to retire, like, we've seen Martin be a clean racer for all these years. And you think, like, now, like, racing Russ Chastain for fourth place is when he finally decided to, to rough somebody up. Like, no, that's not how Martin Truex races. He wasn't trying to wreck Chastain and he got run out of real estate and spun. Like, yeah, we see it differently. I, I had no issues with you, you think Martin Truex, of all people, was trying to wreck him? I didn't say that. So Truex wrecked himself. So what should Truex have done differently? Just roll out of the gas and let him go. So, well, you just said Chastain shouldn't let Truex go, but you're saying Truex should let Chastain go? Once the guy puts the block on you, yeah. You kind of got to be like, all right, dang, he got me. Like I said, I mean, well, I, was, I said you're going to junk your shit. Like, you're racing for, like, fourth place, like I said. You're just, I mean, just, like I said, is it an asshole move? Absolutely. It wasn't. Well, I said, it, who finished third versus who finished uh, 12th? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I said, I had no, there was nothing wrong with it. I mean, if I'm Martin, I'm going to be upset. Yeah, but Ross did nothing wrong. Yeah, I mean. Ross has made a block. That Truex didn't like. It was a, it it, it was a block. It, it was a block that, like calling it a, it was a. I'm taking your lane, and you're either gonna be in the wall, or you're getting out of the. Like it was not like a, like a, a block that, I don't, like I don't, like Truex was was coming. It was like I'm either stuffing you in the fence, or you're gonna roll out and figure something else out. Like, it was a very aggressive block. Yeah. I mean, I, I well, don't know. I'm watching it now, so I don't I don't know what you want me to say. So, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, Chastain finished third. So, another solid run for the one car. Yeah, they were fast all day. And that's all I'm saying is, like, just, uh, like, that's fine. Race how he races, but – there's going to come a day when, like, he's going to get it back or he's going to expect a favor from somebody as a lap car or something, and he's not going to get it. And I just, like like we said with Ty Gibbs, I want to see how Ross Chastain reacts when this stuff starts coming back around to him. Yeah. Well, so that's all I'm saying. And there's nothing wrong. If you want to race that way, race that way. Yeah, but let's, let's see what happens. Yeah. But either way, yeah, good good run for for them. I mean, he's the hottest driver in the sport right now. So, yeah, they'll be fast again this weekend. I also think the heat is definitely starting to come down on Daniel Suarez. Like every week, you see Chastain racing for wins and stuff, and Suarez is like running over Corey LaJoy for twentieth. So, yeah, not a good yeah. look. All right, well, we got three races this weekend. Who you got? What you thinking? Well, I can say one thing for sure. The next-gen car is going to be awesome at Darlington. Like, I think we might be in for, like, a classic race on Sunday. And I'm going to be there, and I'm excited to be there. So, I think it's going to be some damn good racing. I hope the truck – I hope – 
the rain does me a favor in the truck race, like it looks right now, gets rained out Friday night, and then I'll get there because I'm getting there Saturday. I'll get to see a doubleheader Saturday if that rains out Friday night. So that's my first hope. Hell yeah. Should be a good one. The throwback but, weekend, 400 miles. Yeah, what's your favorite throwback? That's a question to ask. Uh, how can you go against the track house, guys? Uh, yeah, I think they're great. I mean, my personal is the Kyle Busch throwback. I mean, I've been calling for that car as the M&M's throwback for so long. and It's fitting they roll it out in M&M's last race or last season. So, yeah. Uh, that was definitely my favorite, and hopefully they have some merch printed up with that uh that car on it because I'll definitely be purchasing it. But yeah, that Kyle Busch would uh would get my vote for sure. But those uh, track house ones, like you mentioned, very very solid and a cool announcement too. All right, you gonna do some picks? Yeah, let's do it. All right, who you got Friday? Ryan Priest. All right. I will take Ty Majeski. All right. Yeah, we know how much of a shit show this race was last year, so hopefully not the – I don't expect it to be that bad. Yeah. Not as bad as last year. All right. Saturday afternoon. um, Right is the afternoon race. Yeah, like two o'clock. Two or three. Um, I will take mm. I, I got know. Chase. Who you got? Chase Elliott, eighty eight. Oh, he's in the eighty eight? Yep. Yeah, it's hard to pick against uh the JRM guys, that's for sure. I think RCR will be fast. But I am going to go with we're gonna see a backflip, Daniel Hamrick. Hell yeah, hopefully. That'd be cool. All right, and Sunday evening, afternoon, who you got? The Goodyear four hundred. Um wasn't gonna was gonna pick him that wasn't after the penalties this week, which I wanna touch on real quick before we get out, by the way. Uh um, but they're appealing the penalty. Chris Gabe hard on the box. Uh, they'll have the full team this weekend. So I got Denny Hamlin, the master of Darlington. The It's back in the driver's hands in the next gen. So And we always know Denny has always bounced back from being pretty pissed off and having some adversity. So I think it'll be another story of that this weekend, and he gets his second win of the season. All right. Well, that's who I was actually going to pick. But I will go a little different route here. Oof, this is actually a tough call because I kind of want to pick two guys, but I'm going to go with one guy. And he runs really good here. He ran really good here, I believe it was last spring. Last spring or or the fall fall before that. Um, I think he's going to spoil the throwback party with a non-throwback car in the three. Austin Dillon gets his first win of the year. I was thinking about picking him myself, so that's a good pick. When was that when he had that final move? I think it was a fall race, right? 2020 fall. He literally had the run off the quarter to win the Yeah, race. and it was, like, going crazy fast there at the end. Yeah, so – yeah, Quarterbacks for RCR, man. Like, what? Yeah. Of all teams, RCR? like Kind of interesting. 
So, Nonetheless, uh, maybe they'll give us something good for the all-star race. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the three car. Austin and I think he's good, good at that racetrack. All right. And yeah, I wanna... so uh, RCR is due for a win right now. They're, uh, we'll take, talk about it every week there. Wanted to say real quick, the 11 team penalties, uh, they suspended the wrong tire change. Right? Well, no, they didn't. So they they suspended the 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 left front tire changer, even though it's not the guy who left that lug nut off. Like, right, but you know how that works, right? So, but I don't see why like NASCAR can't just be like you're the guy who changed the tire. Which is whatever the roster you, says. It's, it's whoever's labeled on the roster as the front tire changer. But but don't you feel like that's a, like you can put the fucking janitor. As like the left front tire change. No, because the only reason it's different if it was any other team, if it was say an RCR guy, if this, if this happened to right, that front changer would be the same. He he would only change front tires. You know what I'm saying? But it's just interesting, like because it's 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 interesting because of the new choreograph. But so I just like. If, so if I, if I earned a race team and I said Derek Derek Self's my left front tire changer, uh, he pulled his hamstring, so this guy's our left front tire changer this week, and then he leaves the left front off, well, I'll be like, oh, okay, so Derek Self's suspended for four races. No, like it's I mean, kinda, the guy still has to do that job. No, nah, but you – you, yeah, I mean – No, but, that's, that's exactly what it is. That guy was a front tire changer, but he also is a rear tire changer. I said the, the the new choreography makes it to where the guys that change the the front tire now changes the rear tire. I just well. I just don't know if like you can see teams kind of like game the official well, roster. Now now that that's what the ruling is, I guarantee you they will. But yeah, that's and that's what I'm saying. Like I, but I mean, just, like it's like how how are you gonna game it? Like you're not trying to lose a wheel. You know, yeah, I mean, but if you're you, if you're in that situation, you've already defeated yourself. Yeah, but nobody's gonna try to do that. Could you just like list like I say like four janitors as your tire changer? No, because they still have to change tires. Like it still has to be a guy that's on the pit crew and working at that job. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean it's inter or or even then like you could put like you know a guy on the crew who might like you could put like the fuel man as the tire changer because I said that's again he's not doing that job the fuel man is not changing tires it has to be it's a tire changer but the only reason I said it it, it would have been fine if it so say RCR a front tire is left loose right and the wheel uh-huh. falls off that front tire changer changes only front tires for RCR the tire changers now for Gibbs, the way the new choreograph works where the entire team. So the rear, I'm going to just, we'll say the rear tire changer, right? Runs I get the choreo. Yeah, I don't need. Right. Like, so I, he, he's a rear tire changer. You could label him as a rear tire changer or a front tire changer. But how do you know which wheel is going to get left off? You don't. So, so, so long story short. You're not going to be able to get, it's no game to be played there. So, okay, so long story short, in the future, do you agree they just need whoever changed the tire is the one that should be suspended? Like, it should just be this guy changed the tire. Like, because now, like, I just feel bad for that dude who didn't even change the tire. And now he's suspended four races and, like, he he's, didn't even do anything wrong. So, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I'm sure that guy's going to be fine. 
he makes over oh, hundred thousand dollars a year. A four week vacation ain't gonna hurt him for doing nothing wrong. I said it's not like he's getting punished by his team. Yeah, I just yeah, it's something to look at in the future. But inter- interesting. Well, I said it's only interesting because of Gibbs' new choreograph. Like, which it, I feel like Gibbs' choreograph is probably gonna become the norm. Like once other right, right, that. and then then maybe there's a little bit of games with people play. But I said nobody's trying to lose a leave a wheel loose. Yeah. Well, people, to people are on, thinking these things are tight and they're not. I know you're ready to get out of here, so moving. No, we don't need to. All right, yeah, we'll cup race. Who you got? Oh yeah, I already we already picked. Oh, did we? Yeah, Austin. Yeah, right. I was. I was. I had. I had real quick. This up. Go ahead. I was going to ask you real quick before we get out of here. Uh, F one Miami. I don't care. I know you care. You're pretty excited. So, how do you feel about that? Yeah, um, I'm definitely excited. It should be a spectacle. Um, I think the circuit is actually going to put on a decent race. Got that long back straightaway. Um, but the, the middle bits there ha- have some good passing zones, it looks like. So I expect for it to be a decent race. Uh, you never know until these things actually get kicked off. But nonetheless, uh, it's the hottest ticket in America right now. So what, what, nonetheless, it's making noise. What do you think about the? Uh, it's definitely <laughs> cheesy. It's definitely yeah, cheesy. Yeah, like, I, saw uh, that. I mean, they're racing in a, in a parking lot that's not a parking lot, and, and there's somehow boats and stickers that look like water. So, did you it, see that it's a, video? It's I definitely a, yeah, yeah. I've seen <laughs> memes all week about it. It's goofy as hell. Dude did a cannonball onto like the stickers, like. Yeah. Uh, did not go too well for him. So definitely cheesy, and I think they're definitely getting kind of ripped for that. But nonetheless, I think that's going to be the party spot. You know what I mean? I wish I had enough money to be in one of those boats on the fake water. So whoever's in there is going to have a good time. Nonetheless, even as cheesy it is, it is. But yeah, it's definitely good to poke fun at them for that. I think I'll be a lot happier in Darlington. I just got to say. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be really happy on my couch being a couch racer. Shout out to those guys. Uh, I'll be watching the F1 race and then have probably dual screens for the cup race because they are going head-to-head. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, they did last year, and NASCAR put up a better number. So it'll be – I feel like it'll be a lot closer this time just because of all the, the interest around the F1 race. Yeah, but and we'll it's a uh, network versus cable, so. Well, it was la- – because I believe last year it was – I don't remember what channel. I think Coda F1 what, was what on What race NBC. did it go, go against? It was Coda and Kansas. Kansas was on NBCSN and Coda was on NBC, I think. Or, or no, Coda would have been on ESPN. ESPN. That's right. Maybe, it, maybe ABC, but that's what it is on this weekend, ABC for sure. So Yeah. Will be interesting. We'll talk about it next week, I'm sure. But yeah. All right, I'm out of here. All right, holler at you. Say.